Hello, everyone. I would really like to change the intro music. I'm just going to throw that in there. Welcome to episode 78 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. You can't even get through the full introduction without the commentary. (laughs) I I always listen back, as you know, and when I listen back, I'm just kind of over the dun-dun-dun. I just, I don't know. I'm not in the best season for... um, Dun, dun, dun. I'm more in, I think I started listening to your music is what's happened to me. <laughs> I hate to, music. <laughs> well, I am really, really into music right now. Not that I haven't always been, but, yeah. uh, I've been very, very intentional about it this year and have been what I would say in a somber place. However, through the IFS uh, writing class that I teased a little bit about last time. I have discovered that naming my muse has been very helpful when it comes okay. to discovering writing and really letting some writing come out. But also my muse is very much tied to music. Yeah. She is very closely aligned with um with music. So there are a few things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about in our last episode of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had sent it to you in advance because I know you do not like it when I don't. You also sent me questions in advance? I thought it was just the Zoom link. Okay. No, I sent questions too. And it was, where have you seen magic in 2020? Do you feel like we should pause and reschedule? (laughs) No, I think it'll be fine. My adaptability will roll with it. I just assumed that you were busy and you would just present the questions as no, per I, usual I put... in the context of it. Thank you for honoring my strengths. And I did. And I, so my, my really, my big ponder is where have you seen magic in 2020? We, we really kind of teed these up last time. Um, yeah. and I am, I think I'm going to be brave and bold. I was just talking with a, um, coaching client the other day and she is using the word bold a lot Mm. and at this point you know what am I afraid of so one of the things that I've really tried to do this year um, where I have seen magic is in facing fear and there are so many depths and levels I think of fear and where we hesitate as humans right now because I think all of us are in this place of stillness But I had kind of a moment of epiphany as I was listening to Brene Brown um, interview Barack Obama. I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to that yet. Not yet. It is so good. It is so good. And I went into that with kind of a, sure, this is going to be great. I'm going to hear all the things that I already know. And Brene started the interview absolutely um, in a different space than I anticipated. And it was really about how she as a researcher notices who he is as a leader. And it's a rare gift and strength that he has. Mm -hmm. It's in being able to sit in the duality, to sit in the tension of opposites, Mm -hmm. the both and. And as I was listening, I was thinking about how this is important for me to hear right now, because Mm -hmm. as much as I like to believe that I can walk in fear and I love gray, I do not. I um, really want black and white. I want periods and exclamation points instead of semicolons or hyphens or parentheses. I have learned a lot about myself in the last year when it comes to 
the comfort or discomfort that I feel in the tension of opposites, the both and. And what Brene spoke to is how great leaders do this really well. They can be, they can sit in the awkwardness of mystery. They can sit in the, could you hear that? No. Oh, I had an email come through when I was like, I wish you all could able. see, I wish you all could uh, see us in the green room on this particular um, new adventure with our microphones. Tess has to walk me through this setup every time, has to take control of my screen so she can set it up. I'm so grateful for you and your technology uh, prowess. But um, what I was really thinking about is how the awkward uncomfortableness of mystery is something that my gypsy mystic sort of soul says I want, but Your the structure, the structure of me cannot handle. And I've been called out on that, um, on a, on a couple of occasions Good. this year. Um, so I want you to be thinking about this, um, Tess, as I'm sharing, cause I did take some notes because I was really prepared for this one for a change. I want you to be thinking about where you have seen magic this year. And in, for me, where I have seen magic is in facing my fears. I also have seen magic in what I'm going to refer to as mirroring. So I have had people in my life, surprise people in my life, mirror back to me what I am doing and saying, my hypocrisies where I am not following through on maybe what I say or preach. And I think we all need mirrors I didn't expect some of the mirrors and I I wasn't willing to look. I kind of did some hiding and, oh, I don't really want to talk about that or see that about myself. And I've had some some people in my life this year um, who've been really good about doing that for me. So a couple of the things that stand out to me about the magic in facing fears. Um, I have many, I think we all have many fears, but really identifying them and really getting to the core of them is hard to do because I think we do a little bit of projecting and dancing around what our actual fears are. And there is um, so much shame and judgment in the world right now that shame and judgment can even get into our own being and push out what our actual admitting what our actual fears are. So this year I did some really hard things. Um, I got unstuck. I thought my career was my normal, typical, I hate that word normal anymore, but my typical career I felt was ending and I dug my heels in and got super stuck. That was a fear that I am no longer valid, no longer important, no longer in my talent, no longer able to teach and train if I'm not in person. I had to face that fear head on and that facing that helped me get unstuck. I moved away from everything that I know and everything that I've ever known my whole life. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you know, I am too, but I will tell you, it was a bigger fear than I even acknowledged. And it took me getting here and getting COVID and doing three weeks of isolation to start to face that a little bit. And then I think, you know, I, I obviously have done some things differently than I've ever done before. So facing some of those fears, you know, I climbed a mountain. Okay. That's, that's I the metaphoric, right. But and, you also um, literally did. <laughs> I did. I got really, really serious about therapy, which I'm going to bold and bravely say here, I got very serious about therapy and then took a writing class that was not 
a warm fuzzy writing class. It was actually like pummeling um, in the mirroring that I needed. But I think my greatest fear and one that I really struggle to admit is where my heart lies. Fear of getting my heart broken, fear of getting my heart smashed, um, fear of feeling emotions I don't wanna feel or deal with. And this year I faced all of those fears. Now I'm not gonna get into the weeds heavy duty cause this would take an entire episode. And, and honestly, it's um, really still very hard for me to talk about, but I've been writing about it a lot. And my heart got smashed this year. And it was all the things I was worried about happening happened all the fear and the block and the, oh, you better not do this because this will feel awful. I faced that fear head on. And as a result, I experienced many, many moments of magic. And so when I think about my last writing assignment for my IFS class was um, we were supposed to submit love story, a love story, an unconventional love story where love wins. And I wrote mine and am going to submit it. And it's really hard, but why, where and why love wins is because love triumphs over fear. Yeah. So even walking into a situation where your heart could be smashed, you still walk in knowing that facing that fear is where love really resides. Self-love, love within, belief in love, all of those things. And that is where magic has happened for me this year. It's in facing fears head on, um, doing so much writing that um, it has been, I mean, I've always kind of wanted to write, but I looked back at my, my 2020 goals that I set in January when I didn't even know what, what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do some, write more, read more, be still more. Um, stop your needless travel. I mean, all these things that I was more intentional about actually came to fruition. Mm -hmm. But the facing of the fears has been where the magic has, yeah. has become apparent to me. The second piece to that is growth mindset is really not easy for me, even though I teach it and preach it. And I'm like, yeah, everybody. And I love when Hannah puts a growth mindset uh, post on on mindset Mondays. I'm like, mm -mm, yep. everybody, this is what you should believe. And then I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. My greatest fear, my biggest fear in getting my heart smashed is where I fail to use growth mindset the most. Mm -hmm. I go into fixed, which says block yourself off, hide yourself in, don't let anybody in. Don't you dare try that again. Don't you possibly believe in love again. That is ridiculous and foolish and you're going to be made the fool. I get stuck in fixed mindset when it comes to my heart, which is my symbol, my, my being. I mean, I am in my heart. That's who I am. So facing that fear and facing those fears has been where the magic has really resided. I also have found, found tremendous magic in music again. And because of facing the ultimate fear of heart hurt, I got realigned with myself, my authentic self, my musical self, my um, expressive self, my um, 
I got realigned with my being as a result. And so I think when I look back on 2020, some of the greatest learning for me has been when I have walked in fear, faced fear, taken the steps anyway, and thought, what's the worst that can happen here? And maybe some of it did, but at the same time, I got realigned um, with, I would say, some of the most authentic me. So that was hard. You could kind of hear that yes. in my, Ooh, you know, you know where cries, yep. you know where cries reside. They yep. sit in the waiting room of my chest and yep. right here in my throat. Yep. And, um, hoping for a full breakdown, leave the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah. It will not leave the waiting room unless I'm watching movie scenes. That's what I've now learned as my, my way to cope. It has here in this context before. So yeah, but this could never. <laughs> this could be like the levy breaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe <laughs> no one wants that with okay. this fancy mic. Yeah, no one wants oh that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we would really hear the levy break. <laughs> we would. So that's a little bit of where um, I have seen magic this year. Okay. Oh, I love it. It's such a great question, and. Um, wish I would have had a little bit more time to deliberate on it, which you gave me, intent, you in, intended to Sorry. give me. We just missed communication. I should have reached out before. But um, I, you know, honestly, something did come to mind right when you asked that question and started to, to explain where you have seen magic. And for me, um, and again, this is not well thought through, having just been kind of off the cusp of my own thoughts, so let me just verbally <laughs> process. Um, for me, I have seen a lot of magic in the fact that 2020 has been a year that I have not been able to control. Um, I like to control circumstances in my life. Um, I like to predict all of the variables that will affect any given situation, and then I course correct based on the potential variables that will influence where I'm going or what's happening in my life. And, um, and so I make alternative plans and I see the patterns and pathways and my strategic just loves to like, think about all of those things. And consequently, even though things shift and change and I adapt to that, there often is not, there never really has been unpredictability. Like I've been able to, even though I have to change and shift what I do and I'm, I'm okay with that and that's not a huge deal, my shifts and changes that have happened in my life, I have always foreseen the possibility of them happening. And I think a lot of this year, I have not foreseen them. Like in reality, I haven't actually contemplated that. Like obviously, historically, you know, my context is like pandemics happen and um, the world shuts down given situations. So like I know the potential of the reality, but I had not really contemplated it um, prior to this as a direct impact on my life. And so, um, yeah, that's I mean, that's one element and it's one, um, you know, having to shift my basically all of my time in my job away from what I love to do and what my job description is to something that I am not equipped for um, has been a huge thing that I did not predict. I did not predict having to do a ton of technical build out for a brand new online mentoring system. Um, I did not have, I did not predict having to learn an entire new system and having to migrate us from our old system that I've worked the last five years building and editing and adjusting. Um, I did not <laughs> predict um, having to cancel travel plans or not being able to travel because that's a form of like self-care for me um, and joy for me um, to have to remove that. All of these things that that I feel like for me has just been, there, 
as like it sounds so like negative and pessimistic but it's been it truly has been a source of magic because it's just been this um consistent and perpetual reminder this year that I am not in control that that for me at least for my context like there is someone beyond me something beyond me right like from my faith perspective the divine that dictates a lot of what happens Mm -hmm. um in our lives and in the world and in the universe and um I say that and I believe that but practical me that loves to think through all the potential pathways and patterns like is also like okay yeah but like here I am today and I know what I am going to encounter today and I can choose what my mindset is going to be in in approaching today and and what I'm going to get done today and things like that that I am not to like use the brazen label I guess but I am kind of a control freak because absolutely we all are we we all are a little bit but like my mind does that right I think you're there's part of like strategic that does that right I think and maybe my strategic adaptability blend or something like that I don't know for sure where it comes from but I rarely encounter things I did not foresee or predict because my mind can just think of all of the things that I'm probably going to encounter, all the people, all the different moods, all the different obstacles and variables. And so when something comes out of the blue, it, it rattles me a little bit. And I feel like I've encountered that more this year than I have in any one concentrated piece of time. I mean, and I've done a full life change up and move to a different state, different country. Like I've made significant life changes um, in in my life um, since I have kind of been on my own. And despite that, I think this year has stood as a major outlier in that because um, a lot of the big changes that have happened in my life are not changes that I necessarily had agency and make mm-hmm. it happen. And so back to punctuation, which came from someone in my life who mirrored that to me, that I do not like semicolons and I do not like unknown or things I cannot control. I want the black and white. It's either this or this. And yet my connectedness believes in the gray and my entire year has been so unpredictable and so, and I love surprises. I said this the other day, I love surprises as long as they're good ones. <laughs> Those are the kinds of surprises I like that, but the surprises that have come into my life this year mm-hmm. were not in the black and white. They were in the gray. They were in the mystery. They were in the magic. They were in um, so much around music for me is in that gray. It's, it's not the period or the exclamation point. It's very much in the rest and the pause. And I'm realizing that that phrase pause is so hard for me because I don't sit well in the tension of opposites. I do not sit well in the How did Brene say it? It was so beautiful the way that she said that. And when she, when um, Obama talked about why he feels he's good at that, he said he was born into that situation. His mom is from Kansas. His dad is from Kenya. Yeah. He said, I, you're talking about two completely different worlds. Yeah. So he said, I believe that my mother modeled that for me. Um, and then he talked about, you know, just so much of where we are right now. And so I wrote down some of the things that feel like um, 
end and beginning. So here we are in my favorite days of the year. I think everybody who listens knows this about me, that New Year's is my favorite holiday. I would love to tell you that I am super excited about it, but this year will be my first year ever, ever not uh, celebrating New Year's. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do a little four-year-old birthday party, which is great. And that's, he's one of the lights in my world. So I will absolutely see that as a celebration, but this will be the first year ever that I do not have a, a party plan. And, um, when I draw woo, New Year's Eve is, is part of how I, I draw woo. Um, there will be fireworks in Castle Rock, thankfully. You know, I like to believe in fireworks as a sign of, of good things to come. But these are the, the last days of the year for me are just full of reflection. But I love these days because they are the both and. They're the, the end and the beginning. They're the um, reflection and the anticipation. And so when I was thinking about all these different things that look like sitting in the discomfort of mystery and unknown, Mm -hmm. that is really where the magic resides. Mm -hmm. And my, everything about who I want to be is that sort of mystical magic muse, all those things. But the discipline and the control and the um, narrative makes it really, really hard for me to sit in so much unknown. I'm going to be 46 years old. And I think the end of my end of our last episode, we were like, you know, what's something that we're pondering about? I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? This is where I sit right now in this absolute total unknown. And the other piece to that unknown is naming what I'm really most afraid of. And you would think it would be like, I don't know, getting sick or I could name 20 things that probably require, should require more headspace and heart space. But my fears are very, very simple Mm -hmm. and they all kind of relate back to heart. And I think owning that and recognizing that and calling upon these dualities and calling upon this magic and mystery and sitting in the fear is going to be a good thing because it forces me to be stronger. This morning I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and I've been writing so much since I started this class, but I wrote about um, how this has been an incredibly learning year for the heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think my heart was changed this year, bruised in new ways, but changed for the better. It's stronger now from the hurts. It's softer now from the awareness of other hurts and others hurting. And it's wiser now because it's more aware of its need for other hearts as we've lived in such an isolated, lonely time. So um, I'm going to tell you my word of the year is not heart. I'm just going to get that. You might be thinking that but it's not, <laughs> that's not what it is. You were going to say your word of the year and I'm like, don't. Nope. No, we're going to do that. We're going to do that live. I've been hinting at it. I know I've been hinting at it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I really do think that naming our fears is where some magic can reside. And that's where I've seen magic this year. I think you and I have very similar approaches to control. And we all do, 
But this year has shown to us, you just can't control a thing other than the way that we respond. And I am not proud. I am not proud of the way that I have responded this year. I'm actually a little stunned at how terribly I have responded to a lot of things this year. It has um, shaken me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that's such a good note and something that I have, you know, um, always carried with me since the first time I ever like saw a counselor and you know she said to me you're only responsible for the way you respond not the way someone else responds and I think so much of probably I maybe my individualization your individualization woo blend wants to anticipate and wants to predict and wants to alter how we are in the world based on how we anticipate other people's responses Mm -hmm. and a lot of people do that right especially with the ones that they love that they want to care for and love well that they don't want to um evoke some sort of response that maybe they don't want to bring out um but in the end we are all responsible for our own responses and and that alone and so whether or not it's a situation in your own life or whether or not it is an interpersonal dynamic or something that has happened um you know we can respond with love we can respond with grace we can respond with um compassion uh but we cannot be responsible for someone else's response to the situation and um choice um, being my word of the year, I think I learned the most that I can't, can't control other people's choices. And that has been a, um, a strong realization that I maybe try to do that more than I would admit. So I think about those mirrors in my life that have shown up this year. Mm -hmm. They did a really good job calling me out on things I needed to hear particularly around that word. Mm -hmm. So I made big choices for myself, but I can't control how people respond to those choices. I can't control how people understand those choices. And I'm not going to waste time or energy um, trying to over-explain myself. However, I think I wanted to choose for people their their response. And that's been a a great learning for me. I, I'm stunned that there are situations that I can't ask enough questions to understand Mm -hmm. or not everything is fixable. I also, um, really been toying around with some ideas of people who do things really well this year. I, I um, learned yesterday about an organization who's done like the COVID diaries and they did all these features of their, their staff. So the staff kind of put together an about me and then they put together this beautiful book, you know, having the staff name their favorite song and then like putting together a playlist. I've been toying with for so long. I have been afraid of being too much. So, you know, if I would put on Facebook, tell me your favorite song and the lyric and why this goes with, you know, what do you love about it? I feel like the narrative's going to be Allison, shut up or that's too much. And and that's got to change for me again. That's walking in fear. But one of I learned a lot about how important lyrics are to me this year. I mean, so important to me. And, um, I've got a 13 hour plus 
um, playlist that is full of lyrics that matter to me a lot. And one of them that stands out, which might surprise you, it's not warm fuzzy. It's not everything means something, honey. And when I, and I had it um, actually on a sticky note for quite some time on my, on my computer, um, on my monitor, Mm -hmm. because I tend to seek meaning in every single thing that is said. And I overthink it and I overanalyze it and I look, look, look for the, the reason and the why and the, and the questions. But I think it's because I want to get to the black and white. So if I ask enough questions, I'll get to the reason behind something. And then I can think back to my mom a couple years ago when I called her with really hard news. She said to me, Allison, not everything is fixable. You always think you have always thought that you can fix anything and not everything is fixable. And so some of those things now are standing out to me in a way that help me understand, you know, where, where do these fears come from? And this writing class tests. So it's IFS is based on some great, um, research by psychologist Dick Schwartz, who was, um, doing some really phenomenal work, but it's in naming your parts. So I have this part of me that wants to do this and I have this part of me that wants to do that. And so some of those parts when we name them are like the inner critic and the inner child and the um, manager and the um, things that we exile. I mean, there are all these parts to us, um, but naming them is really, really, really hard work. For me, once I named my muse, I was able to just release all of this stuff. And I find so much is tied back to how I grew up. Some of those moments of, and we've talked about this here before, you, you can't determine what anybody else's trauma is. And I have moments in time that are very distinct as to when I heard something and instead of not everything means something, honey, I went, it went ingrained here. It it went ingrained in my heart that this is a message you're supposed to carry with you the rest of your life. That's not, it's not feasible anymore. So I think that we all, you know, going into this new year have to decide what we're going to leave behind. By the way, last night was the full moon, full moon in cancer, which is all about releasing emotions. I know not everybody does all the kind of um, moon discovery and ritual that I do, but I released a lot of stuff and I burned some things and it was really good for me. But when we think about 2020, there's a lot that we have to leave behind. But I think when people are pondering that, there's stuff in 2020 that we've carried since we were born that has surfaced because crisis is the great revealer that we can still discard and say, okay, now where am I going to move to? Not just what do I want, but what serves the greater good? What, what is going to, what no longer serves me and, and what do I really need and what would serve the greater good versus carrying this weight of the crap that no longer serves us. A simple question like what is working and what isn't working and then saying, okay, I guess I can try something different. Mm -hmm. And I know that those are things that we all ponder towards the end of the year. 
but also in these great days of duality, the both and, the ending and the beginning, 2021 doesn't look nearly as optimistic as I would like it to. You know, I had really strong hopes for we hit January 2nd and the world is eradicated from COVID. And then yesterday I read an article that the mutant variant showed up in Colorado. Oops, family, I, you know, don't expect anybody to come out anytime soon and that's okay. Um, But 2021 is not gonna be easy peasy either. And that's the thing, like, that I th- we've talked before here, and I know that um, New Year's is your favorite holiday, and you always have to, like, set an intention and um, goals for the year, and I totally do it too, right? But I think that we get into such a mindset, like, everything is going to shift, and it literally is one day and the next day. It's, you could theoretically not to me i know not to you right like but technically speaking right yes it is just the next day right it's two days from yes now. it's tomorrow is new year's eve right like, not everything means something honey yeah, right now everything right. means something and so i think that's the thing is everyone's like 2021 is our year and it's like okay it's just it's in two days right and so the world is not going to drastically shift right COVID is not going to be eradicated in two days. Um, All of these things aren't going to change in two days. Yes, there is a mindset shift, and I think we ought to take advantage of that. We ought to create goals. We ought to better ourselves, but it doesn't need to happen as a designated day every year. You can make those shifts any day of the week, any week of the year, right? Any year that there is, you know? And so I think that's something that, you know, I think a couple years ago we talked like midway through January about how it was something like, and I don't remember the exact stat, but it was something like 19% of goals are actually stay goals. People actually stick to them by the end of January. That means nearly 80, 81% of right. people get rid of their goals, you know? By, well, I mean, you know, Tess, last year, time. last year I invested in this ridiculous planner, outrageously expensive, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> quarterly planner and I was all about it and then I I remember thinking what is this and and now I'm you know I'm down to my plain old notebooks and I think this works just as well for me and I like that but I agree it is just a day except for there is something absolutely magical in the energy that comes around a collective shift of yeah, mindset. For sure, now, for sure. years ago, before Gigi introduced me to the word of the year, I would put together these elaborate goals. They were an Excel document. One year I, I tied them with my strengths. Oh yeah, they were outrageous. And I sent them to Kristen, my strengths coach, and she said, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot. Yeah. And I, I had, I just, I get so into the opportunity that we all have to be excited about what's ahead. Uh, Your word of the year was hope. I have used the phrase future casting. Um, I've used the phrase and I love the phrase picture painting. I have so this year been able to really sit in dreaming and in the la la land of what's ahead. I looked back, this is a great, um, a great tool actually for people to reflect on their year. Go back through your phone pictures or go back through your, for me, it's my MacBook and looked at my pictures from January, 2020 to now. Mm -hmm. And I named what were some of the big moments 
and and then kind of give them a headline and be you know have gratitude about them I mean some of the big moments are really hard but as I was looking back at the pictures that I would snap like I'd see something on Instagram and I'd snap it yeah. they are so telling they are so telling they predict I mean one that I shared was about it it's a quote called her time and it's about not only will she climb mountains she will move them and I mean, I was looking at it thinking, okay, you can't make this stuff up. You know, the serendipity moments that I've had this year, serendipitous, dipuitous, whatever the word is, have been absolute magic that you couldn't predict. So what I love about the future casting of New Year's, New Year's Eve is no matter what, we have something to celebrate from the year we're leaving behind. And we have something to look forward to what's ahead. Very rarely, very rarely will you get a collective in that mindset. And I try to walk with it as much as I can all year long, but that's what growth mindset is. It's in the, I have gratitude for what I have learned and I am excited about what I'm going to learn in the days ahead. And that's the kind of growth that helps me get unstuck. I've had a lot of stuck moments this year. I've had a lot of stillness that felt like stuck, but actually I think in some of the isolation and solitude, I have learned that stillness is part of growth. Um, Solitude is part of growth. Facing fears and having hurt and confusion and loss is part of growth. I don't know that we spend enough time with that. So these are my favorite days because I I, I just, I'm so in the mystical part of it too. And I don't downplay like the fact. But when people say, what is your, your favorite holiday? And I'm like, oh, it's new year's. And they're like, what is Thanksgiving? I think I posed this question this year. Like guess my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. No, I mean, nobody ever gets to new year's, you know, the holiday I hate, we all know is uh, Valentine's Day because there's a story that's from 1992 attached to it. That's really ridiculous. I could probably embrace Valentine's Day because it's all about the hearts. However, um, not everything means something, but it does to me in that, in that light. New Year's just has a magic to it. And I, I just think we all need a little bit more magic. I know, and I don't mean to downplay it uh, because I know you're not. I do, I do love it. It is also my favorite time of year. All of my favorite holidays squashed together um, in the course of like a week. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it is definitely. I love mindset shifts. I love word of the year. I love a concentration and an intention for what's to come. And my context is. A strength of reflection and so I'm like I love at the end of the year reflecting back I have not thought about going back through photos through my photo log and I think I'm gonna do that I am uh, planning my annual week of retreat um, coming mm-hmm. up starting Saturday and um, uh, so I have a couple I already wrote out a new set of reflection questions that I found that I really liked um, there it's kind of a we talk about duality actually each question is both a past and a future question. So question number one is what have been the big wins this past year? And question two is like, what wins do you foresee in the next year? Question three is like, what, what were the big roadblocks this past year? And then it goes back and forth for like the same 
basically the same question in terms of a reflection mindset and then a future casting mindset and it was just kind of one that I found and I always like to reflect set intention focus on my word of the year during this week that I take off and um, and so I'm really looking forward to that this next week and um, but yeah it's definitely it's such a big time of year for me as well and so I don't downplay that but I think we sometimes put too much stock in it and it, it makes us not take efforts in other times of the year that and you're right, putting together a master Excel, that sounds overwhelming, Allie. And so I would encourage people if they don't it know was. where to start to pick one a goal, word. like pick a word or pick one thing. Like we tend to get so overwhelmed by all of the changes that we could make or that we want to make in our life, right? That even if a question like you said of like, what isn't working? Like pick, you know, there's probably multiple things you can identify because we are our own worst critics, multiple things that aren't going well, but pick one thing. What's a one thing that you want to shift and start there and see how you can incorporate it into your life, right? 21 days makes a habit. So try it for the next month, um, next three weeks uh, and see where you're at. And then if you want to reevaluate and add something else in or shift the one change that you did make to make it even better. Um, It doesn't have to be massive substantive change. Um, As great and as magical as New Year's Eve to New Year's Day is you don't change overnight, right? It takes work. It takes growth mindset. Mm -hmm. It takes failing sometimes um, and and picking yourself back up to say, I'm going to try it again. And I think that's something that, yeah, I guess I feel so strongly about that everyone is like, if I have one day where I screw up my diet or one day where I don't run and I wanted to start running this year, that does not mean you throw in the towel, right? It means you start tomorrow again with a fresh mindset. So the application of that for me is just because your heart is has been broken mm-hmm. does not mean yes. that that is going to always happen. Just because someone didn't show up the way that you expected does not mean that someone won't. And I think that the mystery and the magic of letting things reveal themselves as they are supposed to, the divine, um, letting things unravel is the hardest part for those of us who love the exclamation point or the period. Sitting in the... um, the space of mystery. So I love that we can set our, our intentions or we can set our word of the year, or we can set our goals, but it is okay to get a week, a month, 10 months down the road and say, this maybe isn't the greatest plan or this is no longer serving me and I can adjust because the universe is gonna reveal things along the way that will require us to to do some deeper digging. You know, I wonder, Tess, if we shouldn't be very intentional about that here with um, Jenna Millie. So yes, New Year's is my my very, very favorite. These are my favorite days. Actually, it's like December 26th through January 2nd. And then of course we get into birthday month, so it's just all good. But when I, when I start thinking about, you know, I am very intentional during this time. So what could we do here? to not only show accountability towards one another, but build accountability for others to say, okay, we're going to take a look at this word of the year. And we do this pretty well here. You know, we're gonna take a word, where are we with our word of the year, but also what's our, what's our intention with that word? And do we have to reevaluate that? 
also honesty and where we fall short because I feel like we're pretty good at and this year has been with all of its challenges and magic moments I feel like we have needed and we've stayed true to our words more than ever because the conditions have dictated such uh but I feel like in previous years like it would be like August September and I'd be like well I'm kind of over that now <laughs> like and right. being honest with that and right. I think being transparent and you know I was talking with Annette one of our uh, incredible regional coordinators here at teammates and um we had had coffee and um it was just such a great time to like catch up and and I just thanked her for being an inspiration. She's a very faithful person and um, just kind of expressed gratitude for that and for her mentorship in my life. And um, and she said, you know, Tess, I just live my life real. I'm honest with, with the struggles and the trials and, um, and where I need to cling to God and where I am falling woefully short of that. And like, that's it to me. It's like, living life honestly and living life transparently and being real with your struggles but also pausing to celebrate um I think is is just such a beautiful picture of what we all need more of in our lives and so I think yeah especially this year I think we did a good job of touching base with our words but I think the the year's environment like made that necessary necessitated us to to constantly be coming back to our words (laughs) It also, I think, um, for both of us, got us in touch with who is real mm-hmm. in our world. Um, and for me, um, learning a little bit more about boundaries, I tried an experiment over um, the holidays where I was not the facilitator of communication and I was not the facilitator of fun. Mm-hmm. And I was clearly a quiet observer in most situations instead of pushing um, and my experiment was to see what happens if the matriarch party planner takes a pause and it did not go well. I will just say it did not go well. And the experiment was not what I expected it to be. Um, But those who did show up and say, Hey, I noticed, or Hey, are you okay? Or you matter to me, regardless if you are, fun alley or quiet that stunned me as to who stepped up and started the group text or sent the um email or showed up at my door or showed up in my email inbox or showed up on the phone i mean i'm just absolutely in awe this year especially as to who has shown up in my life and i bet you are too and i think we talk about this a lot you know authenticity and we talk about being real. And we do that here. We really do. But I was lucky to have these mirrors in my life who said, yeah, well, what about this? And I needed that growth too, because crisis has been a great revealer. I think for all of us, that phrase we used a ton in 2020 going into next year, I think we'll find another one that helps us get aligned with not only our intention, with why we have a podcast, why we talk to people about strengths, why we want to create even more meaningful strengths development, which I'm very excited about for the year ahead, mm-hmm. and why we take the time to do this. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just for it's not just so that someone might hear and I shouldn't say, shouldn't say just. Yes, we want people to hear and take something with them. And oh my 
my gratitude for the people who listen and send an email answering the questions that we pose. Actually, if you can listen to this and get anything out of it, I'm still stunned because you know, I feel like I just go all over the place. But I've heard the people sometimes. No. The, the people that are going to I'm working on it. The people who are are so intentional about yeah. listening. Respect. Yes, we want that, but also I think we do this for our own accountability to hold Absolutely. our hold our feet to the fire. <laughs> yep. Because I listen back. If you listen back to 2020 episodes, it's startling. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of things that we predict Mm -hmm. that you just can't make up. There are a lot of things that we um, personally walk through that a lot of people can relate to. Mm -hmm. And um, I've tried to get better about assuming the best, assuming positive intent that everybody's doing the very best that they can. And even if they choose their own choices that I wonder about or am curious about or wish I could better understand. I do believe that everyone is doing the very best that they can. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. Uh, okay. I have so many predictions about your word of the year, so I'm so excited for our next episode, which I will make sure I put a note as we were talking to schedule that with Hannah, because we had talked about doing that as a Facebook live as well. So maybe Ugh. we will do a like a, well, I can post it on our Jenna Millie Instagram so you know when that is going to happen, but it'll be um, through the main teammates Facebook page um, that it will be a Facebook oh, live. Um, and you forget all my. T- you are the I, one I who think volunteered it's, this. I'm I think it's saying. a great idea. It's just, just so, so vulnerable. Yeah. It is so yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah. you can, I mean, I'm you sure remember. listeners can hear me crying, like hear my. Hear my trapped cry. That's why yeah. I call it. It's a yeah. trap. But cry. when people see it yeah. live. Okay. But also, we must remember last year's word of the year. I was the one who had yeah. the, the dam break, the levee broke last year for me. So I think I'm more anxious than you are from a technical aspect of actually making this happen. And also from a, gosh, how do you know me so well that you just literally predict my word of the year every year? So I have definitely been dropping hints, but not as much as last year. Last year, I literally posted about it like a month before (laughs) we did our episode. And you still were like, gosh, I didn't really realize that in your post, but. (laughs) Well, and and all year long, I've tried to send you when I see or hear the word. I've tried to to send that on to you. Um, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. it, it, It is. It is. Your word has illuminated that word for me too, because I'm looking for it. Um, I don't think you're going to guess my word. Probably not. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think anybody is. Um, yeah, it's very uh, different, different than ever before. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely. And I I really have given lots of thought to a phrase instead of a word, but okay. I want to stick to the simplicity of a word. Okay. It is a word. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be unpredictable. Also for some people, they'll go, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, I cannot wait to guess yours. Don't worry about the technology. I think Hannah's going to take care of the majority of that for us. And I'll send you my most somehow we'll still need to do this. So, well, should we, yeah, Yeah, let's talk about that. But, um, so if you need to get your cry out ahead of time, my most recent blog post is um, Mom Needs to Cry Holiday Edition. And I took scenes from Christmas movie, holiday movies that will just 
you know, let you get your tears out because that's what I do. I, I have this method of when they sit here in the waiting room, I, I go to a solitude place so that I am not, you know, somebody accidentally runs into me at Nordstrom's and I start bawling my eyes out. So I, I try to release them through mu music and movies. So, and I also, uh, I'm doing a lot of blogging and we'll be doing even more and it's going to be real and raw and direct. And to quote Anne Lamott, if people didn't want us to write about them, they should have behaved better. Good. So I, I won't name anybody by names, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, hopefully you like me. I don't know. We have a, we have a great year of learning ahead of us. Mm -hmm. We sure do. We sure do. I love that. Okay. I think as far as follow-up or wrap-up for today, I think asking people the question that you started with, Allie, will be a great place to begin, which is where have you seen magic this past year? What has magic looked like for you? How has it manifested in your life this past year? So taking a look at that, where have you seen magic? And then also we talked a little bit about one thing, right? Your one word or one goal, one focus for the next year. So share that with us. We'd love to hear. Um, we would love to, um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that next episode too. And that might be a follow-up from next episode. But if you aren't already, think about that. If you haven't ever created a word of the year, consider doing it. Um, setting an intention or a word for the year, that's a head. Um, I think we all could use a little bit of that right now, um, given our circumstances. Um, but also, I think Allie and I, I think this is my fourth year or fifth year doing a word of the year. And I know you've been doing it a lot longer, but I find it, um, yeah, I find it very focusing and I find it, yeah, just such a, a great, uh, for me, spiritual practice uh, of opening, asking, um, seeking what my word and intention ought to be for the coming year in anticipation and in celebration and in reflection of what I have been through this past year. So, yay. So I hope you think about that. So where have you seen magic this year, this past year? And then what goal or intention or word uh, do you have to focus on for next year? So with that, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 78 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we posed, the best way to do that, follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Darman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.